Blog Talk Radio. Play my music. Evidently, you can't. Not playing my music, huh? Not playing the music. Everybody, it's the Fuzz and Travis show. I'm your host, Fuzz Hardeman, with my delightful co-host, the real deal, Travis Creasy. Travis, how are you this evening? This evening? Man, I am fantabulous. Fantabulous? You might even like say a proverbial like uh, employer. And who who do we have the pleasure of speaking with here? Two oh nine area code. Uh, it's Jamar. Jeremy Marshall. It's, it's oh Jamar. no! Mm-hmm. And that's when the show took a strange twist. <laughs> uh, yeah, like the music not playing wasn't a strange enough twist. Now we got <laughs> Jamar on our hands. <laughs> well, yeah, I came to make a mess. How, how goes it? <laughs> a beautiful mess. How goes it in California, our good, well, short, bald-headed hey. friend? Well, you know, California, uh, of course, I'm in the Central Valley. I'm in Stockton, so, you know, it pretty much smells like fertilizer and uh, got a nice delta breeze going on, uh, which wafts away the scent of fertilizer so it didn't get too strong. The uh, first. California. Um, <laughs> yeah, we don't know. We don't know how to party in Stockton, you know. <laughs> oh, um, that's a shame. I know. But, uh, shame. The first rumors of autumn are on the air. It's nice mm. out here. I'm hearing good things about well, autumn. What time is it out there? What time is it? <laughs> uh, out here, it's about nine thirty. Yeah, but here's the thing: it's nine thirty, but I believe it's I believe it's Friday still, isn't it? <laughs> or, Not quite. How's Not that work? Quite. How's that work? I know. Okay. <laughs> same day. Got it. Okay. Same same day. Mm-hmm. I with you know daylight savings time. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, so I don't believe in daylight savings time. I, I don't either. It's a ridiculous thing that farmers made up just to benefit themselves, and we're <laughs> still, like, paying the price for it. Well, why don't they go on daylight like, savings time and the rest of us just, you know, kind of play, play it as written? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's a <laughs> that's actually a great idea. It's like, no, 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 you, you guys go ahead and do that. We're going to live in real time. We're not gonna we're not gonna bump the system here. You do whatever it is that you feel necessary. Well, once like again, though, you know, I live in, I live in the I live in the Central Valley, you know, Calabama. So I mean, it's all farmers just about out here anyway, so I'd probably still have to deal with it. Oh wow. What's a shame. Yeah. 
People understand, you know, Calabama. Well, I mean, you know, a lot of people don't realize that. um, I mean, California's got plenty of of uh, areas that we might call redneck. I mean, uh, you know, for one, we're the the salad bowl of America. If you didn't, you know, I, I love it how Southern conservatives are always talking about how terrible California is. I'm like, y'all don't even grow our food anymore. Y'all need to shut up because if California, like, you know, falls under the wrath of God and falls <laughs> into the ocean, like you keep saying, you're going to starve to death because none of you guys farm anymore. You know, you just you just bring in you just bring in um, automobile and textile manufacturers that make sure that they don't have unions. <laughs> you know whose fault that is, right? That's the Yankees' fault, making us all technologically advanced. Yeah, well, well, freaking Yankee. And so Yankees, yeah, but the Yankees tricked you guys, and I guess it really wasn't that hard because you guys are a bunch of dumb Southerners. <laughs> Woo! There you go. Well, and then and then of course you know I'm obviously a resident of North Alabama. I'm from Huntsville. And I always say, well, that's the town the Nazis built because we, you know, we were a farming town until. You know, the U.S. government had Operation Paperclip, and they bring in Warner von Braun and Arthur Rudolph and all those other Nazi scientists, and they say, okay, we will pretend that you weren't killing Jews if you get us on the moon before Russia. And, Amen. you know, so that's what we did. Good trade-off. <laughs> so it's, it's not just Yankees, it's Yankees and Nazis. <laughs> Working in collusion. <laughs> collusion, and to get to the moon, no less. To get to the moon, of course. Yeah. Of course. But hey, well, we, got interstate, we, got, we got an interstate system out of it. This well, doesn't sound crazy that, at all. Uh, you know, Warner Von Braun actually came back from the dead and shoved that kid into uh, that gorilla cage. So, <laughs> Oh, Harambe. We're solving the world's problems. Mm. One yeah. person at a time. You know, this Trump monster... Talk about him. Oh, we're gonna talk about the Trump monster. The Trump monster. Got somebody in my name. Na- got somebody in my neighborhood with a Trump pence sign in their yard, and I'm considering things I won't mention. Uh, you know, you know. Here's here's the deal. I mean, we we live in we live in a time where you know. I mean, I well, I mean, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to start. I think, I think, I mean, for one thing, American conservatism has been in shambles. You know, it was one thing when when you had guys like Russell Kirk and William F. Buckley, who were intelligent, who you know they they differed in opinions from their liberal counterparts. And hey, watching Buckley and Gore Vidal, you ought to look at that sometimes. Or Buckley and Noam Chomsky interact, that's pretty entertaining. Like, these guys were actually, like, they had it together. You know, like, William Buckley had a TV show on PBS for years. Like, can you imagine? Like, because let's go all the way back. Because, like, American conservatism, as you and I know it, that has now produced this Trump monster in, in this, this Pence guy that's running with him, you know, um, it starts really in 1987 with Morton Downey Jr., you know, and if you've ever gone back and watched the Morton Downey Jr. show, I mean, because Rush Limbaugh is the direct heir of Morton Downey Jr., Sean Hannity is the direct heir of Rush Limbaugh. 
Well, you know, and these are the people who've driven American conservatism to this place now where it's just, it's just naked nationalism. There are no facts. You, I mean, why would you be a fact checker? These people don't care about facts. That's my, that's my take on it. And it's at the same time, what you also see, this represents the failure of liberals, the um, basically sending white or blue-collar white voters down the river. So it's, it's this interesting collusion of things. But I don't, I don't know why any working-class white person would think it was a good idea to vote for Donald Trump. Like this guy's like, oh, I'm going to take care of the billionaires for you. This guy is a billionaire. All of his friends have been Wall Street people. I don't get it. Like he's literally the enemy. Yes, he is literally the enemy. He is literally everything these people have said that they hated for the last 30, yeah. 40 years. He is a he is yeah. a New York. He is a New York and until very recently, and see I should have seen this coming back in 2011. When out of nowhere, Donald Trump, who I always thought of as a New York liberal, right, is all of a sudden like, oh, yeah. we have to investigate Barack Obama's birth certificate. And Sean Hannity yeah. started talking Donald Trump on the radio all the time, like talking him up. I should have realized that five years ago that there was some kind of – this was all planned. This has been planned for years and years. Do you think he thought he was going to get as far, though? I don't know. I don't know because I don't really know what his end game is, and I'm not certain that he does either. <laughs> That's a scary yeah. thought, too. My goodness. I mean, that is I mean, terrifying you know, there, there, there has been some speculation that if he loses, he's trying to, trying to parlay. Um, basically this into a new media venture with this uh, Stephen Bannon guy from Breitbart and um, Roger Ailes, who's just been ousted uh, for being, what, the Bill Cosby of Fox News? I thought it was Bill O'Reilly's job. See, conservatives should be ashamed that they are supporting these men, and I've been saying this as a relatively conservative Southerner since 1994 when the Christian Coalition, Ralph Reed, gave G. Gordon Liddy the Christian Coalition Citizenship Award, a convicted felon who publishes a bikini calendar. What is wrong with you people? I'm saying this to Christian America. What is wrong with you? I'm sorry. I need to back up. Blood pressure is going up. (laughs) Let's talk about how we got the Jamar monster turned up. Woo! Well, I'm just upset because this is this is yeah. we we have been we have been committing idolatry and we need to repent. I agree. Donald Trump is God's judgment on us, and if you have been blinded by the God of this age, shame on you, and you need to repent. Don't vote if it's you know, just don't. I've seen a lot of the uh, the uh, the Trump crowd saying that this is coming down to them to Supreme Court justice picks. And then, uh, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> 
Donald Trump probably would try to pick somebody who has no background in law. He's like, right. I should be president because I'm not a politician. So can I, I'm going to can make I Joe the plumber Hall? on the Supreme Court. What? Can I can I appoint Arsenio Hall to the, you know? No, because Donald Trump likes like people. And he likes Arsenio, who's <laughs> barely black, <laughs> but he is. <laughs> who, you know. Who's one of his other goofy friends? He, you know who he probably would, and, and this who? is actually this is a shoot. You know he probably would Vince McMahon. Who? Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Couldn't, but couldn't you see it? Couldn't you see it? Yes, I could. Yeah. Now that could be the that could even be the best thing ever, or the worst thing ever, and uh, maybe even a combination of both. It would, I, it's, yeah, Vince McMahon on the Supreme Court. That would, uh, I wouldn't even know what to do. Like there would be part of me that would be like terrified and want to run away from home, right? Because Vince McMahon yeah. is on the is 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 on the Supreme Court. Or part of me like I want to hear Vince McMahon's opinions on these cases. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Walks in, you know. Oh, look at this guy, neck like a stack of dimes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness, Travis, you still there? Still here. The Trump monster. What's on your mind, man? I don't know what's on my mind. I'm in the middle of football season. How are we gonna get, <laughs> are we gonna get through this? How are we gonna get through? I, this? The same way we got through the last eight years. The same way. Uh, I'm sixteen. By complaining oh, and nothing getting done about it. You can always write me in, or Jamar. We're both old yeah, enough. Yeah, we're old enough. Let's do this. Wow. Well, you know, back, back, back in 2011, I kind of half-jokingly, as a Facebook note, uh, did announce that I was going to be a, president, a candidate for president uh, this year. First time I'd be eligible. And, uh, you know... My my platform really hasn't changed. <laughs> you, hey, Jay Mar, my only my only request is that you be the main guy and I'll be the vice president. All right, I was you know yeah, I was, huh? I'll just say stupid stuff or misspell things or. You know. I'd totally be vice president because they literally have no they have no power at all or duties. Like you're literally just like waiting. Just in case something happens to the big guy. Lyndon Johnson even said that it's the most pointless position in the United States. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I just would want to misspell stuff and say dumb. Well, I mean, obviously I'm pretty good at saying dumb stuff anyways, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, it didn't used to be that like whoever got the most votes was president, and whoever got the second most votes was vice president. Yeah, in the early days, 
Yeah, I wish it was still that way because either way this election would go would be hilarious. Now that would be sitcom worthy. Oh yeah. Oh man. You know, watch those two have to watch those two have to get along. (laughs) Pretty much. I mean, it you know it could have like a bouncy theme song and like. It it probably would work way better than we think it would. It would probably be... <laughs> Actually, it probably would. Yeah, I, I could get, get the see reality Trump just going in there as... Yeah. I, I see Trump going in there as vice president just saying, we're going to be doing things with the vice presidency that you've never seen before. <laughs> it's going to be... It's going to be huge. We're going to be uh, the best vice presidency... Um, it's going to it's going to just top all the other vice presidencies that have ever come before. I've yeah. been talking to my people, and uh, we just got a lot of things, you know, uh, that a lot a lot of policies that we're working on that uh, the people are going to see that it's it's going to be it's going to be fantastic, really tremendous work. I mean, just just wait like, till you see these policies. These are going to be the greatest policies that we've ever seen. <laughs> Tremendous policies. These are going to be the best policies. These are going to be the best. Just don't put them on your Isn't email server. What? Just don't put them on your email ser- server. Uh, that's right. Uh, Whatever you do. We're going to have so many policies, you're just going to be tired of policies. Well, that's not that the problem already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jamar, do you think it hurts uh, Gary Johnson in, a, in his run as a somewhat of a conservative type that he is pro-choice? You know, one of the one of the things that I have often, and this is as someone who is pro-life, but I have often encouraged Christians to get educated on, is that up until long about 1978. Um, conservative Christians were often pro-choice. You can go back to the 60s and late 60s, early 70s, when these discussions, uh, you know, that ended up culminating in the Roe v. Wade case. And you look in, like, mainline Christian Protestant publications like Christianity Today, which is hardly a beacon of left-wing liberalism, right? Um, And they were basically saying, yeah, you know, abortion is a Catholic issue because they sort of lumped it together with birth control, like, you know. And it was not until um, the Supreme Court, um, and maybe there might have been some other bodies, you know, the Department of Education and whatnot, they were going to, A, I think, make Bob Jones University ineligible for maybe grants and they were going to take away the tax exempt status or nonprofit status or something of, of some private south and then all because they would not integrate. And the thing is is that the Jerry Falwell and these people who became the moral majority, they realized very quickly because that's really what they were mad about was forced integration, still in 1970-something, right? Now, but they realized that this is not going to be sympathetic even among their fellow evangelicals. So then they get together with C. Everett Koop and Francis Schaeffer and 
and uh, come come out against abortion, and that's their thing. So I guess my point is is that really abortion as a conservative Christian concern um, is a relatively new kid, and it was really done to gloss over the fact that that uh, a lot of these evangelical leaders, at least the fundamentalist ones, were just blazing racists. Um, Jerry Falwell was a, scal- a scoundrel, a crook, and a racist, and the apple does not fall from the tree as we see his son endorsing Trump. Um, I can't say anything good about Jerry Falwell. God bless him. Um, so my, my point being is, yeah, it probably hurts him, but I would also say it's because we have very short attention spans. And once again, I say that as yeah. a pro-life person, but I say that as a pro-life person who says to my brothers and sisters in the church, you've been duped, repent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, J-Mark, on a roll tonight. I, uh, and once, I everything I'm candidate. saying, you can you can Google and verify everything I'm saying. No, I I I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. Uh, wow. So I'm mean, hostile there for a second. Well, anyway, no, I you know I'm just passionate, and this is I, this is I stuff I've been that. saying for for 20 years now, and no one listens. To you, how much I hated Bonnie. Anyway, <laughs> uh, let's 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 shift gears here away from the political, I, I suppose, election realm into uh, something that I think Travis can get behind. Football, football. We're talking about I'm not Colin quite sure Kaepernick. What you're looking for. <laughs> we're, we're of course oh. talking about Colin Kaepernick sitting down, ain't sitting up. I say no big deal. I don't know why people are getting mad about this. Uh, One thing I, I take no I take umbrage. One thing one thing I take umbrage with is when people connect his sitting down to people in the military who have have bled and died. I don't think that's fair. Um, but that's going to be people's go-to emotion when somebody does something they don't like. And are, I those, think that's, are those actual people who have fought and bled who are griping the longest, the loudest about this? Because the people I know who who actually have and are thoughtful people, you know, are are not on that train. It's the armchair generals. Yeah, Travis, what says you? I have no problem now that he's donated a million dollars to uh, – I just want him to put his money where his mouth was. It's hard for me to take him serious when he's standing on a field with probably 40 to 50 black dudes who are getting paid millions of dollars to play a sport. So, but he put a million dollars in, and I'm happy with that. He can do whatever, I mean, honestly, he can do whatever he wants. That's the beauty of this country. And, uh, you know, I just kept with going. You know, when he puts in the money and he really puts in something, then I'll be respectful and – Take his protest seriously, and he did. So, I I don't know. I took it seriously before he did. I, I don't think he even needed to. I, see, I have a hard time with that. I, I just don't. I don't. I don't buy that garbage. 
I mean, his his career is going down is the that, drain, and it it just seems like a athlete, career move. Though, or is that it sounds like a career move? It, it seems like a career that, move to me. But is that any athlete? Do you think if any athlete made a protest, would you would you have the stipulation of you don't take it seriously until they donate money? Yeah, I would. If they make millions of dollars, okay. let's let's see Fair it, enough. man. Put put the, the check. And he did. And I I'm absolutely I think that's awesome. I think it's great that he's taking a stand. That's that's great. I mean to me it's it's easier to stand up there and go, Oh, I'm just not gonna stand for this uh than to go, Hey, here's a check. I'm gonna really put into this. Here's the money. Uh you know, to me, at first, it's kind of like his career, he's not going to start. Oh, no, I'm falling out of the spotlight. Let me do something to get back in it. You know, if he'd have done that two years ago when he was the Super Bowl quarterback, it just would have meant more. But, you know, now it's – I don't really care, period. They need to do what they need to do. It's it's their right. You know, I wasn't the one going, oh, my gosh, this guy's an idiot. You know, let's trash him online. I mean that's his that's his prerogative, you know, and I can't I don't know I don't know if he's doing it for real or not. It's my call, but you know, when he put in a million dollars I was like, All right, that's legit. You know, he's really gonna put some effort into this. It's gonna be who he is and that's awesome. There you go. I just I just find it I just find it incredibly ironic. I I can't imagine a second century Christian like taking to the streets to protest someone who refused to stand for the emperor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right on, on the fact that the government is, I mean, I don't know if it's the closest it's ever been. Obviously, that's an extreme comment, but we've just absolutely allowed the government to be become that. You know, we spend so much time focused on that that it's either we're too conservative and you shouldn't take any help from the government, but, oh, it's something that you should respect, or it's the other way around. You should completely live off of it and look to them for all the answers, and neither one of those is healthy. Well, I guess what, what gets to me, and you're right, and I think what gets to me is that all these people who are always shouting about what's wrong with America and how, how bad America is and how badly America has gone off the rails, Suddenly, a black athlete says, okay, you know, I'm not going to stand for the national anthem because America is jacked up and it's gone off the rails, and then those people are angry at him. So it's yeah. kind of like, no, you don't you don't get it both ways. It's kind of like, you know, I always was, was rather taken aback by Ronald Reagan. Here I am the president, or I mean, he was running, I think, for president at the time, and he's like, well, the most, you know, terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government, I'm here to help. Well, that's something really cynical to say if you're running for the highest spot in that government. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, people always act like, oh, Reagan said this really awesome thing about the government. Dude was running for president. Like, if you really felt like government was broken that bad, like I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even try to run for president because the president doesn't have any power. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh man. I, I don't know. I, I don't understand the outrage that people get. Like, like I, I just don't understand why it makes people mad. Like, it's it's silent protests. 
Well, because not because one fist was raised. Because here's the deal, dude. They don't really. We love our First Amendment rights. We love theoretically having them. But when someone actually exercises them, we're like, people bled and died so you could use that right, so don't use it. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, is it's, it's a, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, it's a two-edged like, sword. And that's the thing, and, is, is they, 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 he yeah. has the right to do what he wants to do, and then this person has the right to say whatever they want. And it's like, both sides are going, but you can't do that. You need to, well, no, you can't really say that. Now, you can make fun of them, and you can poke fun and whatever. But I think it's the problem is is that Colin Kaepernick has lived a life that most people would love to have. And I think that's what draws me to it and says it's great because he is aware that those things are going on, and most people who, who live that life never connect to that. But I think that's the problem is everybody sees it and goes, I mean, that was my initial reaction. Oh, he's about to get cut. He's not a starter anymore. So what's the best way to get myself all over TV? Well, I'll do this, you know, and I'll be the first one to tell you. That's a judgment call that I made, and that's not right. It's what I initially thought. Like, here's this kid who was adopted by two white people who lived in Nevada who went to college free on a scholarship is going to draw a check from a white dude, and he's going to say, and this is his big movement? I'm like, sure, you can do that, but I'm not going to take you serious until you put your money where your mouth is. Why don't you send that check back to that guy? Oh, I'm not going to accept this check because of the wrongdoing that's going in this world. And I think, you know, that there's some legitness to that. That's silly. I think about it. I know it is. But that was my initial reaction was like, oh, okay. He's doing this now because he's fixing to get cut. He's not the starter. Nobody cares about Colin Kaepernick anymore. And I think that's the problem. That's what the people's initial reaction was. Uh, I mean, obviously, he's serious about it. I think the sock with the pigs on that sock, that, that offends me more than not standing up for the flag. Uh, well, and, you know. okay, I see that, but I guess here's the, here's the thing that is bothering me with all of that, okay? Because I, I actually agree with you on that. And I'm not, you know, one of the things that, once again, is torquing me off is that we've had all these incidences of, of you know, um, you know, black, black people dying, you know, at the hands of police in police custody or whatever. Black Lives Matter, they're not saying that black lives matter more. And they're also not making the case that these people were angels and they were just minding their own business and got shot, you know. They're saying that in the eyes of law enforcement, in the eyes of, of, of America, they don't feel like their lives are weighed as valuable as, as white lives, okay? And I think a case can be made for that. Now, the thing that torques oh, yeah. me off is that – the thing that torques me off is that, A, it's become this narrative of it's black people versus the police, and B, but see, that narrative gets spun from both sides. Because now you've got mm-hmm. this, this blue lives matter. Well, I'm sorry, but you chose to put on the blue uniform. That guy did not choose to be born black, you know. So there's A. But B, it's also, you know, um, that when you, when you have that hype going into it, it's also like, okay, if I go to a rally against child abuse, that doesn't mean that I'm anti-parents. It means that I'm anti-parents hurting their children, Okay. So if I'm if I'm against police brutality, it doesn't mean that I hate police. 
And I think he has, and there's a media narrative, and I think he's definitely fed into that because, and I, but I get it. It's anger. There is anger in that. I think it's, I think it's very real anger. But I mean, it's to me, it's no different than you, you're finding out, like in the Midwest, there are these these Fourth of July parades, and people were parading effigies of Hillary Clinton in prison, you know, in the Fourth of July parades. I mean, it's kind of like. And I'm also angry at what the Santa Clara Police Union is doing, saying, well, if you don't fire Colin Kaepernick, we're not going to protect your games. Like, I'm sorry, but you, 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 you're supposed to be upholding the Constitution, and that's the deal. Neither the military nor the police, in fact, are what, are what guarantee your right to protest and to have your First Amendment rights. The Constitution guarantees those and if you are a military or police officer or government official, you have sworn to uphold those constitutional rights. So you don't get to do that. That's just as immature. And it also says to me that you are more upset, you are more angry about this guy putting on offensive socks than you are about the fact that some of your colleagues have literally pretty much, in my mind, gotten away with murder. Well, I mean, it all, it's all going to go back to the fact that we don't teach what's right and what's wrong, period. I mean, we, we, the simple fact, and you know, this is going to sound like some campus minister that works at a Christian school because that's absolutely where it's coming from. <laughs> but if you, right. you know, if you're out there teaching kids on the level that, hey, you, you came from this evolved deal, I mean, I'm not shocked anymore when somebody puts a bullet in somebody's head for something they, that they want. What do animals do? Animals don't talk things out. Animals go, hey, I want that female. You want that female. Let's beat on each other and kill each other or defeat one another to where one understands I'm the alpha male. And, you know, there is no standard of right and wrong. It's, you know, well, back last summer when they uh, took the, the – Confederate flag down. And first of all, I'm going to tell you, I don't give a flying rip about the Confederate flag. I don't care. You can do whatever you want with it. But I knew for a fact that the next was going to be the American flag. I mean, every flag. I mean, the NFL is going to play a game in communist China, y'all. Communist China. But they're not going to have the Super Bowl in Georgia because the state decided they didn't want to back up this transgender bathroom deal. China, they're going to have a game in China. I personally hope 49ers go. Maybe Colin will go. But, uh, you know, it's just hypocrisy. You're exactly right all over the place, and it's ridiculous. And it's like, let's just take a second, take a deep breath, realize there's some right on both sides, there's some wrong on both sides. At the end of the day, we're all human beings. And what I say on social media is not going to change that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, and that's why if you guys you guys have dope me for a long time, I haven't been posting anything political on social media for a long. Yeah. A, I'm a minister now, so I don't do that. Yeah. But B, yeah. like it just it you know all it does it's not going to change any mind, anybody's mind. It's just going to torque people off. That's why you know Fuzz, I sent you a couple things by by private message earlier. You know, but. Mm-hmm. At the at the end of the day, I'm not putting that on my Facebook wall. I'm going to put silly things about how, oh, I I found a split end in my mustache. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, I'm going to have pictures of me and the Yorkie, you know, me and Gizmo, my Yorkie, and, you know, that kind of thing. Because, you know, I, I, I'm, t- I'm tired of seeing anything that's social or political like that on Facebook, man. It's just, I'll, you know. That's why I've got, well, a, uh, just, that's why I've got a golden rule uh, right now. <laughs> Matthew seven twelve. <laughs> uh, but and, and I think that's why Trump has gained so much ground is because he's a walking Facebook. He just yells and screams stuff that people, you know, whether we want to admit it or not, people are mad. They're mad, and so this guy gets up there and says what they're feeling, uh, even though most of them realize probably that they shouldn't say what they're feeling all the time. <laughs> they should have a filter, but he doesn't have one. And so they're like, well, here's this billionaire who can say whatever he wants to say. Uh, the problem is, is, which one are we getting? Are we getting the reality TV Trump? Or are we getting the real Trump? Because I've talked to politicians who've dealt with Trump. I've talked to our Tennessee representative, Scott Desjardins. And he said, you know, in person, he's a different guy. Than you see on TV. Now, is he still the billionaire guy? Is he still a businessman? Absolutely. But they say he's a completely different person. Which I mean, I mean, obviously, uh, in person. Um, which I'm sure you could say the same thing about Hillary. I'm sure you could say the same thing about Barack Obama. But it's TV just changes everything. And I mean, that's been as early, that's been as back as JFK and Richard Nixon, you know. But Everything's well, reality it, television these days, and it's not real reality. Well, Dejarle. you know, and, and it, Dejarle, yeah, that's a great – sounds like kind of like Dejanay. What a name. I like it. Dejarle. But, you know, I, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know, but I just I – just, I, I, like, I feel like this is very this, – this is very disingenuous on on uh, on Trump's part. Like just the whole yeah. the whole thing. I think I think he's worse than Facebook. Well, he no, there are some people's Facebooks that are worse. That's why I had to unfollow. <laughs> but and I went on a Facebook defriending purge recently too. Like knocked about seventy five people off. So I don't have room for your drama in my life. I got enough of my own. But Amen. You know, but but honestly, like um, he's worse than Facebook. He's like the comment section of a Yahoo article. Yeah, he really yeah. is. Yeah, you yeah. know, and more, and sometimes veering into the comment section of the Drudge Report or Breitbart. You know. Um, oh man, the Drudge Report. <laughs> How is that even still a thing? I don't know. I, 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 remember, I guess uh, if you're, I guess if Terry you're Edwards last... quoting it. Yeah, I know. Me, I guess if your last name is Drudge, like that, like pretty much the only thing that you can do is drudge up muck on people. You know, yeah. uh, to, to me, the name Drudge. I'm sorry, that's not nice. That's that's a Donald Trump right there. I shouldn't go there. But it just, I, I repent. Never mind. I'm not going to go any further. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Dude, that's no, what that's what happens when your filter though, ain't working. I I have seriously like. I've seen people say that they would rather chance his Supreme Court justice picks over hers because they know hers are going to be bad. And with him, well, there's a chance they won't be. It's like, are you kidding? 
How dumb do you have to be? Has has anything that he's done so far worked? <laughs> Been good. Even when he tries no. to send people out to do his thing, like you know, the, he he sent this guy out to like basically throw his own Hispanic people under the bus the other day. My culture is very dominant, the taco truck. you know. Oh. And if and if you yeah, and if you don't, you know, you're gonna have a taco truck on every corner. Well, I live in California. See, we got a taco truck on every corner, and it's awesome. <laughs> that sounds awesome. I love tacos, and you're gonna tell me that I got four different competing ones on every corner here. Yeah, isn't that oh, capitalism? Man. Isn't that what we want? Like, you know, free enterprise, small businesses. I mean, Amen. what can be more? small business than a taco truck. And, hey, man, those things oh. are unlicensed half the time, too. So, like, they're even – they're, like, thumbing their nose at the regulators. You should be supporting oh, the taco truck on every corner, not the guy who wants to take them away from you. Guys, listen, Donald Trump wants to take away your tacos. Wow, I just, like, run and seriously, Donald Trump. <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of idiot does he have to be to not think about Trump tacos? Idiot? Mm. It's sitting know, right, right there for you. It's sitting right there for you. Fun tacos. They're going to be the biggest. They're going to be the best. They're going to be huge. Yeah, nobody's going to make a taco like this. <laughs> no. I, I, I've been talking to our people, and, and the word I'm hearing about these tacos is fantastic. <laughs> it's just fantastic. We're really, really, That's a good really I've been really impressed. I've been really impressed. With, We're just going to be giving you tacos until you're tired of having tacos all the time. <laughs> and then we're going to give By you the way, taquito truck. I'm currently watching uh, Cactus Jack versus Bam Bam Bigelow for the World Heavyweight Championship. Your wife must hate me for what I've done. Huh? Uh, she's asleep right now. Yeah. I, I have single-handedly uh, brought pro wrestling back into the Creasy household and I just uh, oh, good. I just wonder how the wife feels about it. She's asleep. Like I probably should be. That's good. Yeah, well you don't have to work tomorrow, do you, Grease? Well, I've got football practice at eight thirty, but that's late. Ooh, never mind. What time I'm no. usually up, so that's still later than I'm usually Tomorrow is uh tomorrow is of course Labor Day. Um I don't understand how that's a flag holiday. Can you help me? Anybody? A flag holiday? What do you mean? Uh, people will put the flag out. VFW is going to have the flag up. Uh, American Legion will have the flag up. They'll put flags up. Just like well, they treat like you know, Memorial Day. Once, we, once again, the irony of Labor Day is that it's supposed to be celebrating now this working class that is shrinking and 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 just you know has been battered severely, mm-hmm. you know, by the people that they're voting for, <laughs> by and large. But but let's face it, the people who Labor Day is supposed to be celebrating are the very people who won't be able to have tomorrow off. Right. What irony! I am. I'm thankful to have tomorrow off. Hey, just to back up to the um, flag thing, I got to thinking the other day, what flags could Colin Kaepernick respect? Hmm. Canada? Good question. Have they ever oppressed anyone? Can they respect, can they respect well, the maple leaf? 
Well, I mean, the, the, well, the first well, season here's, I mean, I'm being serious. Canadian, I'm not, I'm not but trying to be sure. I was just see, really thinking. The no, day. see, I, I, I see. I like where Jamar's going. He mentioned the First Peoples, but they did, to be fair, they did offer or they did uh, offer a formal apology to First Nations, which the United States uh. has still yet to do. Well, I mean, we don't apologize for anything would... here. I, you know, I mean, I, well, that's not, that's not that's not necessarily true, uh, because Bill Clinton did offer a formal apology during his presidency to the uh, people of Hawaii concerning the overthrow mm-hmm. of the Hawaiian crown. Well, he also actually offered, as I recall, an apology uh, to the surviving Tuskegee Airmen. And, uh, you know, because, uh, you know, our government had injected them with syphilis just to see what would happen. <laughs> and um, let's see, was it was it Clinton who finally issued an apology to the Japanese for the internment camps during World War II? Or was, I believe did that so. happen? So, but see, here's the problem. When he did that, like, uh, you know, Newt Gingrich and all the other Republicans, you know, all the other guys like, oh, that's a sign of weakness. You know, so it's like, oh. Unbelievable. So, so well, it wasn't there. Hey, Newt, try not to be on the wrong <laughs> side of history, pal. Yeah. It wasn't there. Well, you know, they always, they always say that, that uh, in Newt's office, there was a, there was always, you know, his, his aides, his staffers would keep a file cabinet that said Newt's ideas, and at the bottom there was one, one drawer that said Newt's good ideas. <laughs> <There's that. laughs> and it was empty. Yeah. <laughs> it was empty. You know, once once again, you know, I just I don't have any respect for a man who who uh, divorced his cancer stricken wife in the hospital Ugh. on a piece of yellow legal paper. And you're gonna tell me Ugh. this guy cares about family values. Right. No, he may Jamar, care. He just doesn't have the same values as us. <laughs> Jim, on 140 characters or less, can you tell me how people like Karl Rove exist? How <sighs> they exist? <laughs> um. <sighs> uh, no. I. I, yeah, I, I mean, by the way. I, you, I mean, like Carl Rove is someone like who leaves me speechless. Um, yeah. you know, I see him as like the nerdy guy who really, really, really wanted by the jocks, and like the jocks are like Bush and Cheney, right? And so mm-hmm. like he comes up with all these maniacal schemes, but then like he goes <laughs> home by himself because no one actually likes him. <laughs> and you know he's like eating eating Cheetos that are falling onto his fleshy, formless belly, you know. And I don't know watching watching reruns of shows on the waning days of the Dumont Network before it got pulled off the air, you know, or something just really pathetic <laughs> like that. He's you know? literally just like the the evil brains behind the uh, behind the madness that you know. He's the he's the Wizard of Oz. He's the man behind the curtain. He is, but once again, it just—I mean, have you ever heard about? 
theoretically, Carl Rove was running the pre- running the country for eight years. Theoretically, he was. And what, did, you, did you ever hear about how he got involved in politics in the first place? No. Bohemian he, Grove. He Please actually, tell me something to do with Bohemian Grove. With what? <laughs> with Bohemian Grove. No, it was um oh. he actually he actually went undercover as a as a as a worker as a democratic staffer for a campaign for a democrat stole a bunch of um letterhead or you know an official stuff um and then made an advertisement that he went around and put up in the soup kitchens and skid rows of this town saying that there's going to be this big party at this place at such and such time and it's going to be food, beer, women, all for free. And that place in time was at this Democratic guy's, you know, that was his launch party for his campaign. So, like, literally, his introduction to politics is that he's this utter spoiler, you know, <laughs> uh, basically wow. doing a very juvenile rib. Like, this is something you and I would, like, think of in, in like, high school and think, oh, this is hilarious. You know, but Carl Rove was in wow. his, like, you know, he's like 25, and he's like, this is a great idea. <laughs> so, you know, I'm going to embarrass the guy because when he got in his hardest campaign, a bunch of homeless people are going to show up asking, where's the beer? <laughs> <laughs> That's how I imagine Carl Rove talks. <laughs> uh, how pathetic do you have to be to do that? Well, no, how pathetic do you have to be to be George Herbert Walker Bush, the elder Bush, and look at that and say, you know what, we we can make friends with this guy. He's got great ideas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Herbert Herbert Walker, I mean, geez. I don't know. That whole family. That whole, and poor Jeb, just like sitting there like, I can be president too, gosh darn it. Yeah, it just wasn't happening. Yeah, like, you know, Jeb, unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately, you're, you're your brother your league, ruined yeah. that for you. You're out of your league. <laughs> Not happening. I mean, what what, what does it say about what does it say about the Republican Party that that they put out? They had like what sixteen candidates, and none yeah. of them, yeah, could 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 you know Donald Trump just steamrolled them, and he didn't even have to try. No. But like they, they they hung their hat on Ted Cruz, who my life, goodness, like can you Ted imagine Cruz. how many wars you can you imagine how many wars this guy was trying to start? Gee. He's one of the most trigger happy guys I've ever seen out there. Yeah. But you know, is he gonna is he gonna read green eggs and ham during the war? I don't know. I mean, Sam, I am. So, I mean, you know, I mean, there's, there's, there's some issues. I mean, I think, I think if America was really what America was meant to be by the founding fathers, this race would be a race between Gary Johnson and Jill Stein. That's oh, absolutely. You know. That's the way I see it, or Gary Johnson and, and Bernie Sanders, or whatever. You know, you've got. Do you, do you think you know, he'll get in the debate? Who Johnson? I'd like him to. I'd like him to because oh. a, I mean, I don't agree with a lot of his policies. You know, I'm not. I'm yeah. not. 
I'm not a hardcore capitalist the way that he is, you know, and libertarians kind of are. But I, you know, um, I I like his demeanor. I I like the way that you know he seems pretty even keeled, and you know, I just think he. I think that when he came out and he was kind of like, look, you know, I can actually stand on some real, you know, kind of solid American principles here. You know, I just, I want to see someone make Donald Trump, like, not be able to just talk at all, like, during the debate. I want to see Donald Trump yeah. joke during the debate. Yeah. And just be like, oh, yeah, well, your mother. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I I I like I like and I um, and I think I think Gary Johnson might be able to do that. I just like him. I like Gary Johnson a lot. I'm on board. So you know, I I just I don't I don't think he I don't think they're gonna let him in. I think that's what it's gonna come down to. I don't think they're gonna let him in. Even even if he gets the uh, whatever fifteen percent or whatnot, I don't like, think he, I don't think he's gonna get the fifteen. I don't think he's gonna get it. They're, yeah, I can tell you what they're not. Well, I don't know. Well, this this whole election cycle has been so weird mm-hmm. that I don't even venture to guess like what the powers would be, like what their what their um, reason would be for not letting him in. Because there's part of me that's kind of like, would Johnson steal more votes from Trump voters or Hillary voters? Because so many Republicans even and independents have decided now to kind of cast their, throw in their lot with Clinton, you know, kind of hold their nose and do it just because they, mm-hmm. they're like, Oh gosh, like Trump is scary. You know, like with at least with, with mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton, at least, you know, I mean, this is a situation. It's not the lesser of two evil. This is, I'd rather go with the devil I know than the devil I don't. Yeah. Of course, I vote. I I'm in California, which is going to go for Hillary anyway. So I'm just going to vote for Jill Stein. I'll I'll say that mm-hmm. on the air. But, mm-hmm. You know, I wish if I can, Trump was going to get I, as I, far as he's getting. If Trump was going to get as far as he's getting, I wish he'd have done it like eight years ago. Because he'd have lost to Obama anyways. But it'd been fun to see him just go at it. Because that's what I wanted. Yeah. I wanted somebody who wasn't scared to call Obama what he was. And not be scared to be called a racist. I think that's what set this whole thing up is because people are – there are some people out there who hate political correctness so much that they just want to see a candidate who's going to let it fly. And, and as much as that's not a good presidential characteristic, you, I think it's both parties. It's their issue. The, the, the Democrats have been wanting the Republicans to leave out – a lot of their religious views on stuff, and now they've finally been, okay, well, let's get the biggest capitalist we can think of with the least amount of morals possible. And I think it's, I think he's the candidate that we all – not all, obviously, that's a broad brush, but you know, he's the candidate that Republicans and Democrats deserve because they've both crafted up so bad that they need to see this is how bad it is that Donald Trump – it's one of two. But see, I guess here's my concern with all that because I think, frankly, and there's a lot of things that like I hate about Barack Obama's presidency and his policies. Okay, I want to preface it with that. But let's face it, Barack Obama's in church nearly every Sunday morning. 
he's on his first wife. He, as far as I know, never never sired any children out of wedlock and went and paid for the women to get an abortion. <laughs> Somebody else did before him. Um, he, he hasn't spent the entire time he's in the White House uh, shacked up with another man's wife, which if you're going to be real conservative about what Jesus said about divorce, that's what Reagan did. I don't necessarily take that route. I'm just saying from the perspective of a fundamentalist Christian. Um, you know, and, and I guess what I'm saying is that I think sometimes conservative Christians are giving are giving are giving some of their 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 liberal counterparts and even pe- liberals who are not people of faith a bad rap because right now if you once again you go digging around in it I mean the educated liberals are doing better in terms of their marriage or staying together how many people Travis did we get and even you Fuzz we go to Freedwood they got married when we, they were Freedwood and now they're divorced. Hmm. You know, so I'm just saying we might want to think about where we're pointing fingers sometimes. You know, I think we got to somehow come to a level where, hey, we Christians need to understand that, you know, if we could could find a way to inhabit the public sphere without kind of trying to dominate it, we would be better off. And I think that's what got us into the trouble that we're in. And I mean, that's what I was saying. It basically comes down to the fact that it's been a tug of war rather than, hey, let's see what we can come up with together. <laughs> and, and I think that's what I'm saying is, is if Trump comes out and just goes after Obama, Obama gets elected anyways because he becomes a martyr. I mean, it's mm-hmm. the bottom line. But I wish somebody would have done it. Let's just Let's just do it. And I think that's where the frustration comes in. The two guys that ran against him last time – of being called a racist, that they were they were timid. They didn't go after him. And I think that set us up now where people are like, oh, I want somebody that's going to go after him, even though he's a loudmouth jerk that doesn't come with the facts. And that's why I'm saying he's like so much like the social media we see out there that he's just blowing up and people are like, I like that. And sadly, that's a reflection of so many people out there. Not that I'm saying he's the guy or I even like him, but you know, I, and I think I understand that anger is real and that anger is very visceral. But I think that anger is often like just misplaced. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I'm not agreeing that that Trump is the man. I'm saying that no. Yeah. The bottom line is, is I think that's where it's coming from. Everybody is so tired. I know in the South, we're so tired of political correctness. We're so tired of. Him hawing around. Let's call it like it is. And here comes this guy who's not really calling it like it is, but he just shoots off at the mouth. And for a lot of these, as you call them, you know, the conservatives down here, that, you know, he says a lot of things that rings true with how they feel, not really how it is. And but, but Travis, what about the what about the babies? The babies. What about the babies? Okay. <laughs> we got a vote Republican. What about the babies? The abortion issue? Yeah. You got a vote Republican. Oh, well, I'm staunch pro life, but I haven't necessarily heard Trump come out and say that he's all about it. A bag of chips. So. Well, well, actually, what Trump said, now, this is one thing that was really fascinating. I asked Trump, what about abortion? 
And he says, oh, I think women who have abortions should be, should be punished. The, the amazing thing is there's no pro-life person I can think of. Like, they call abortion murder. But there's no pro-life person I can think of in my life who ever said that the woman who got the abortion should be punished. The, yeah. the, it was, even, even when abortion was illegal and it was being done in back alleys with coat hangers and whatnot, you know, and people were dying, it was the doctor performing it who was in trouble, you know. Yeah. And, and so, once again, it's kind of like, you know, it, that tells me your finger is not on the pulse of, of this movement that you're trying to speak yeah. to because you don't know what the actual issues are. You know, you don't understand that a, a true pro-life individual, not one of these people who is going to blow up the clinic in Jesus' name, yeah. right, is going to say, yeah. no, there are there are actually two lives at stake here, two, two victims, you know, and that's the child and the mother. Yeah. Um, so, you know... Uh, you know, he, but he says things like that, and it's like you don't mean that. Yeah, like you, you can't didn't think about do it. Those things. Yeah. Right? You don't mean that. You can't do it, and no right-thinking person would have said it. <laughs> you can't police it. Hey, it's the same thing with the church. You know, they want to make people do the way they want to do it. Like, well, how do you police? How do you police that? You can't. <laughs> you know. People, no, I mean, people inevitably no. are going to do what they want to do, you know. I just prefer yeah. that government funds not go to to do it. <laughs> That's my well, thing, you know. Yeah. Well, even some of the things, you know, like when you're looking at a lot of these issues, you know, I say let's look past. Yeah, you've got the you've got the issue with police use of force that's often kind of unjustifiable, but let's look beyond that to mass incarceration, right? Because and let's look beyond what you know. We've got this situation where we're paying private companies who have contracts, right, with our government. You've you've got to keep us ninety five percent full, or you're going to pay a fee to us. And that's truth. Okay. And then that coincided with this thing called the war on drugs. You know. Well, these days the police are policing everything from who you know, what we're putting in our bodies to who has car insurance to, you know, um, um, who's paying their child support to does that left blinker work, right? We're pol- they are policing everything. And it's like, and these are all you know. These that the, the KKK was supposed to police, right? <laughs> I thought, right? Just kidding. Just kidding. But, but the point the point being is that I mean when you look at a lot of these situations that escalate, like Eric Garner, right, the guy in New York who died with the chokehold, it started out well my understanding started out as he called in a fact there was a fight in progress. When the police came they realized he was committing a huge crime of selling loose cigarettes. You know. Yeah. God forbid we can't get the taxes on those things, you know. And cigarettes, those and things I think, kill you, know, you man. I think, I think to that point, Jay Mar. I mean, and this is a broad sweeping statement, but I mean, I think that's part of the reason you see. I mean, obviously, I think it's a large part of the reason. Maybe even more so in some cases 
than the race card is the fact that you're right. They have to police everything, and that either is stressful enough, even for the good cops who are trying to do Mm -hmm. the right thing, they're going to be so stressed out that they do the wrong thing, or the ones who are the bad cops feel like they have all the authority in the world to do whatever they want to do. And and I'm all going – yeah, because we've given them absolute authority like that because we told them to police this, police that, and keep our prisons 95% full. So this private company can have a job, you know, can and 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 you know and, and not pay their guards well and not you know let the guards unionize and you know get people who have been in gangs to be in your guards you know and just really silly things you know and and that's and that's the reality and then of course the prisons don't rehabilitate anybody because they're not designed to they're just you know here's your time out you know hope you don't get raped too much in there buddy you know yeah um. We're, but we're not going to work too much to make sure that it doesn't happen to you. You know, in fact, you know, we hope it does happen to you because we're, you know, we're the Yahoo comments section now. And we, we don't understand that us being a people of, like, generosity and mercy and due process and justice and order is what keeps us from being the barbarians that we're afraid of. Yeah. You know, so I mean, it's 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 a it's a mess. The other thing is, I don't. I, police unions have way too much too much power. If I if I were to shoot someone and you knew that I did it, right? Would I have like days and days and you know, here's your free lawyer to get my story straight before I was interviewed about it? Yeah. No. So I don't know. On some of these cases, you know, these police could be telling the truth, but guess what? They've had 10 days to get their story straight with a union-appointed, you know, lawyer. And and frankly, you know, uh, we see how easy it can be sometimes to tamper with evidence. So guess what? I mean, the the American public, a lot of times, we're, we are suspicious, not because we hate the police, but just because... We don't have those things. We don't. We don't get. We don't get those privileges. Yeah. And in my mind, a, I'm tired of of of, of the police union people saying, "Oh, there shouldn't be so much scrutiny on the police." I'm a taxpayer. I pay your salary. Yeah. You serve at yeah. my pleasure. So yes, I yeah. get to scrutinize you. A, B, um, well, no, that's really A and B. That's the important thing. I mean, a lot of the times, a lot of us, when we're looking at it, we don't we don't hate cops. We don't think that you're all racist. We don't think that you're all terrible. A lot of us appreciate what you do, but at the same time, we feel like a lot of bad police get to hide behind a lot of good police, and that ought to make you mad if you're a police officer. Well, there's yeah. a lot of that going along everywhere. Obviously, teachers... I mean, the same thing with teachers. There are teachers out there that aren't very good teachers. I may be one of them for all that matters, but, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a thing, you know, I mean, all everything can be, I just think it's an education issue. There's so much that can be taken care of. I think that's why people put so much, that's why there's such a, everybody has an agenda, obviously, but. You know, teaching people how to love and be merciful and 
you know. And those aren't just well, Christian qualities. Yeah. Obviously, they can be found other places, but, you know. Well, no, I do believe that Christians in the church are uniquely equipped by God um, and gifted by God with those. But I think it's kind of like a David and Goliath situation that God has given us these gifts of like um, of of love for enemies. Um, that is not it's not just an attitude, right? I mean, like Jesus died saying, "Father, forgive them," yeah. right? You know. Yeah. And in fact, so no sorry, read, no apology. If you and if you read Romans five, uh, Paul says that God loved his enemies through the cross. That means God loved his enemies enough to die for them. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the, you know that's pretty that's pretty heavy theology, and I could just go on and on. But the point is, we have that. We have mercy. We have generosity. We um, we 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 have all these things at our disposal that God has given us, and really we should have courage because we understand death isn't the end. Right? Like, no even pain. if we die doing all these wonderful things, you know, and even if we die in terrible, horrible ways, that we believe in resurrection. To me, I look at the church now, and it's kind of like, okay, with David and Goliath, if we think about these problems that are facing us, it's kind of like these Goliaths. Well, here's the thing, right? They tried to put Saul's armor on David. It didn't work because that's not what he'd been trained with, right? And then, but what, where he had been trained for years by God, by experience, by just the virtue of being who he was, where he was, was with that slingshot. And it's with that slingshot that he knocked the giant over. Well, here's the thing. We're out sparring with the world on the world's terms, trying to do these things yeah. with political power yeah. and violence yeah. and all these other things, you know. And, yeah. well, of course, of course we're, we're, we're being defeated and, and we're being smashed. And guess what? The more that we do it, the more it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the thing is, is people get on our social media or whatever, and they see Christians panicking. Because that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Right? Anytime we yell and scream, it's insecurity. And people know mm-hmm. that. And we're panicking, and there's no reason for us to panic. You know, no matter how bad it's going to get, you know, in our lives, we believe God wins. And, you know, because of that... We can get up in the, out of the bed in the morning, and no matter who's sitting in Washington, D.C., it doesn't mean we can't be vocal and, and share our opinion, but it's always got to be that with the with the understanding that at the end of the day, God still wins. <laughs> and that removes my ability to have to be so con- condemning, you know, show a little discernment and not panic. Panic is and, not uh, and, on, and on that note, I feel like that's a good spot to wrap it up for this evening. Gentlemen, you're beautiful, as always. <laughs> yeah. Jamar, you're very much for You two are just too good. So I will say adieu for now. Gentlemen? All right, watching adieu. the Ultimate Warrior and Cesaro fight for the Intercontinental title. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul.